When I was in seminary, we had an annual football game that we called the Mud Bowl, and it was the college seminarians, so the guys who just come in out of high school versus us old guys in the graduate school program, the Theologate, and we'd have this big football game and play against each other. It's actually where I dislocated my pinky, and so it's still screwed up to this day. Um, and it was great because, you know, we'd have various guys who, you know, had never touched a football before in their life, and then some who really knew the sport well. And there was one friend of mine in seminary who had been a highly sought-after recruit for one of the top universities in the United States. And I'm not going to tell you the name because I still don't like that university. And this story is not going to make you like them more. So I figure I should just in charity just leave it at that. We'll just say they have won national championships and I'm not a fan. Anyway, so this guy was highly sought after. All sorts of schools had signed on with this one school. And was, I think, if I'm not mistaken, was going to be a tight end. Like, just very much looked after. It's all exciting. They had, you know, wined and dined him and all this stuff and just everything you want. Like, treat him like a celebrity. And then before he started, he was in it to training and practice, ends up tearing his ACL. So he calls the coach. And when the coach answers, like, Joe, how you doing, buddy? It's so good to hear from you. Coach, I got some bad news. Um, I tore my ACL. And the response on the other end of the phone was, oh, someone will be in touch. Click. And he hung up the phone. And as you can imagine, that did not endear this university to this friend of mine. He was dropped uh, pretty much immediately because all of a sudden, you know, without his ACL, you know, they don't really care about him. They just wanted his talents, what he could do for them. And when that was in jeopardy, when it wasn't going to happen, when he presented a challenge, boom. They were just done with him. They dropped him. And then I got to be friends with him in the seminary. It was great. Now he's a married man, has a few kids. I think he's doing great. But it's an interesting thing when you look at something like that, right? I think it kind of speaks to the heart of what any of us fear in life. We don't want to be wanted just because of what we can bring to the table. Like, I like you because when I come over to your house, you give me yoo-hoo. Thanks. If the yoo-hoo stops, I ain't coming. You know, that's not what we want a relationship to be. And when you look at this gospel today, I mean, the way that it begins, you can see how different it is when it comes to our Lord. Great crowds were traveling with Jesus. He's attracting everybody. And of course, it makes sense He's fully human and fully divine. He's working miracles. He's feeding the 5,000. He's giving teaching with authority. You know, he's been a very popular guy. There's a lot of people coming. But look at this. I mean, it completely goes against all standards of advertising if you're trying to grow your group. If anyone comes to me about hating his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Okay. That is not how you win friends and influence people, right? But it shows the very fact that our Lord isn't about this to try to grow his numbers, to try to like make the bank account bigger, to make sure he's got the biggest group of people around. He's not trying to attract you because of what you can bring. He's trying to attract you because he loves you. At the heart of it all, it's not like, hey, if you say to Jesus, ah, I tore my ACL, someone will be in touch. Click. Like, that's not going to happen. 
Our Lord is currently loving you into existence. There's not something you can do that's going to make him just toss you out to the side as though you don't matter, as though he only wants you around because you add to the numbers, right? That's not what this is. Our Lord loves us. And as we see in this gospel, he's on his way to Jerusalem. He's on his death march. And he says, whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Well, the beautiful thing is, he's on the process of doing that for you himself. But here's where it all kind of comes back together. Why the challenge then, right? Because he doesn't want you along in the way that the university was along with my friend just to see what you can get out of him, right? It can't just be like, oh Lord, like I'll follow along as long as you're helping me with my bank account, right? As long as you're making life a little bit easier for me. Like, what am I going to get out of this deal? No. What he wants from you, like I said, he loves you, not what you can bring. But that means you have to bring you. He wants you. He wants your whole heart. He wants you to love him with all you've got. And the thing is, it's like it all goes together in that way that this cannot be something that's merely kind of checking off the box and sort of fulfilling the obligations, right? Like, ah, just show up on Sunday and the rest doesn't really matter. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm all in favor of obligation. We need them sometimes, right? Like, I'll tell you, I'm very blessed that I'm not only a Catholic, I'm a priest because it's my job, right? Like, I got to be here. On the 7 a.m. Mass on, su- on Monday morning, right, especially after a full Sunday, my alarm goes off in the very early hours of the morning so I can get up and pray ahead of time. When it goes off, I don't go, huzzah, another day. Yay. I'm so ready for this. I love you. I mean, it, it, it's tough, right? And the obligation to keep going, sometimes, yes, it's a little spur to keep us, keep us moving, right? Like sometimes as a parent, like you need the obligation, I have to go pick up Junior from school. I don't want to at the moment, but I've got to, right? Like all these different things that come into it, but it can't just end with the obligation. He wants our whole heart. He wants us all in. And that will involve challenge. For some of us at times, it's like to follow him, to really do what he's asking us to do, we may get labeled as like some sort of a Jesus freak, one of those people that really takes their religion seriously. What are you thinking? We may be ostracized a bit, right? There is a cost to it because he lays down everything for us, but he also wants us to lay down everything for him. It is a relationship that he will not abandon you doesn't matter if you tear your ACL or all these other things, but if you're not really into the relationship, that's not what he's here for. He doesn't want you just along for the ride, kind of. He wants you to be in this totally. Now, this sort of like paradoxical, like we have the ultimate comfort and peace of knowing that his love is undying, but at the same time, that means you've got to go all in. One of my favorite ways that this is kind of summed up is from a document of the Second Vatican Council called Gaudium et Spes. And a new friend of mine has a blog called Gaudium et Spes 22. It's a paragraph from that document. I wish I had time to read the whole thing, but it's Sunday Mass, not a theology class, so I can't do the whole thing. But I want to read you a portion of this. And Pope St. John Paul II was very much involved in this writing. 
And I think it's, it's a beautiful lens that our whole life can be read from, especially in light of these readings today. It says this, the truth is that only in the mystery of the incarnate word does the mystery of man take on light. For Adam, the first man, was a figure of him who was to come, namely Christ the Lord. Christ, the final Adam, by the revelation of the mystery of the Father and his love, here's the key, fully reveals man to man himself and makes his supreme calling clear. It is not surprising then that in him all the aforementioned truths find their roots and attain their crown. So Jesus Christ fully reveals man to man himself. You are loved by him. He has become one of us. He's laid down his whole life. He pours out his blood. He gives everything to you because he loves you, not because of what you can do for him. And that means that you can rest in that and it is beautiful. But at the same time, that doesn't mean you can just sit there and just kind of go along for the ride. He loves you too much to leave you there. This isn't a relationship like you're another guest on a cruise ship and he's just kind of there to make sure your comfort is there. No, we're made for more than comfort. We're made for love. And love is what he has come to give us and he reveals us to ourselves and shows us the way deeper and deeper into that love. You can see an example of this in the second reading today. St. Paul's letter to Philemon. So brief that if you look at the verses, you don't get a chapter because it's only one chapter. And this is St. Paul's letter as an old man, as we heard at the beginning, to Philemon, who owned a slave, Onesimus. And Onesimus had run away and had been with Paul. And now Paul is sending Onesimus back. Why? I did not want to do anything without your consent, so that the good you do might not be forced, but voluntary. You look at that. It's the key to everything. Our Lord doesn't want us to follow him just because the rules are forced, right? That you're not here on Sunday just because it's the obligation, but because it's your will, because you love him, because you want to be here. And sometimes it doesn't feel great. Sometimes it's hard. Although tomorrow's Labor Day. Thanks be to God, right? I'm excited to sleep in. It'll be lovely. But the following Monday, September the 12th, it'll be harder, right? It's hard to get up sometimes. But... When we do it out of love, knowing that he first loved us, that he reveals the mystery that is our lives to ourselves, he's done it first. And ultimately what he wants for us is our voluntary response, to know that he loves us more than that university loved my friend, not because of what he can get out of us, but because of who we are, his beloved son, his beloved daughter, that he wants to be with him forever. My brothers and sisters in Christ, he has loved us first. Now the question is, will we love him in return? Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever.